Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I, I love Jesus. I love seeing Jesus change things. I love seeing Jesus rewrite the story. I loved seeing Jesus create history with us right before us. I like Jesus taking the impossible and turning it upside down, turning it on his head and releasing his grace and his goodness so that all things become possible. I love it when the doctors say there's no hope, but then Jesus steps in. I love it when people get up off of their deathbed in the hospital and just astound the physicians and the family members. I love it when cancer disappears. I love it when deaf ears open. I love it when marriages are restored. I love it when poverty is broken. I love it when people give freely from what they have. Thank you, Jesus. I love it when Jesus turns the tables. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to, talk, going to be talking about flipping the script and breaking the status quo, turning some tables upside down. Because how many people know that God didn't call you and anoint you and appoint you so that things could remain exactly the same as they've always been? That Jesus has called you and breathed life into you to empower you so that you can release his kingdom all around you and see things line up with his ways. Can I get an amen on that? We're talking about breaking the status quo tonight. Because he's the king of kings, amen? And that... That you, are, that you are his children, his sons and daughters. And how many people know that kings get to create the culture? That they get to choose what, what normal looks like around them. And so God's asking us to partner with him and to see his kingdom released. You know, we, we have to first know that we have permission to see things change, to flip the script, and to break the status quo, and that God has called us to this very thing in himself. Thank you, Jesus. That the world we live in, has, it has its status quo, it has its norms, but heaven also has its own status quo. Heaven has its own norms, that the norms of heaven just happen to look different than the norms of this world. Thank you, Jesus. That's good news right there. That the norms of heaven are a lot different. The norms of heaven is where all things are possible. The norms of heaven is where cancer disappears, where the weak are made strong. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Where the deaf hear, the lame walk, the blind sees, and the lepers are cleansed, Amen where all things are reconciled back to the Father. Thank you, Jesus. That, that in his kingdom, in his realm, we're going to step into this place where there's no longer tears and sadness. There's no longer poverty. But we get to live in his goodness and his abundance. That is God's normal. That's his status quo, Amen. And we are called to bring heaven to earth. Thank you, Jesus. To pray that it would be on earth. How? As it is in heaven. What does that mean? Literally, that his normal would become our normal. That his normal would become the normal of this world, of this realm. Thank you, Jesus. That, that we can't dream big dreams in God if we're not willing to break the status quo. We got any big dreamers in the room tonight? <laughs> that, that we're dreaming for God to show up and, and to release all of his goodness so that all of his children know how good he is. They come running back to a good father. 
and we're dreaming. We have these big dreams, but you can't, you can't see these big dreams manifest on the earth if you're not willing to shake some things up. Because big dreams require big change. <laughs> you can't fit a big God dream into an old norm. You can't put new wine into old wineskins. Because it'd break the wineskin, you lose the wineskin and the wine. Thank you, Jesus. But we are called to, to dream big. And we're called to, to shift things everywhere we go. Sometimes it's little things, sometimes it's big things, but it's always God things. Jesus looked at the Father. And Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. Why? Because Jesus was always gazing up at the Father, always looking for what the Father's doing. What's the Father's normal? What's the status quo of heaven? Thank you, Jesus. You know, in... Um, in John chapter 5, the story of the man at the pool of Bethesda, and Jesus approaches the man, and, and he tells him to pick, you know, you know the story. He says, I, I, can't, I can't get healed because someone always jumps in the pool before me, and Jesus tells him to pick up his mat and walk, and the man does, and he's completely healed. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus happens to do that on the Sabbath, which that is breaking the status quo of the day. Amen? But Jesus came not to fulfill the status quo of man, but to fulfill the status quo of his father. He came to release what heaven was doing. Thank you, Jesus. The, so Jesus, he heals the man on the Sabbath. And then it says this, for this reason, the, G, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Jesus is turning some tables over. He's flipping the script on some people. He's breaking the status quo. Then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the son could do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this house. I thank you for what you're doing in this city. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts tonight. God, we just pray that a real empowerment and equipping would be released over us, God, in Jesus' name, that we could, we could shake things up, that we could flip the script, that we could break the status quo and even turn over the tables when necessary, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. The, the definition of the status quo, the existing state of affairs, especially regarding social or political issues, the existing state, the Latin literally means the state in which, period, the state in which, meaning the state in which something happens. And, you know, in science, if you can create this, the, the same set of circumstances over and over again, you're always going to get the same outcome. So the state in which something happens, and if you do that over and over again, you end up with the status quo. But do you know that on the other side, the definition of insanity... <laughs> is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result. And so, if we want to see the world changed, 
We can't do the same old things over and over again and expect a different result. Come on. We are called to shake things up. We are called, like Jesus, to gaze into heaven and say, Father, what are you doing? I want to do what you're doing. Okay, let's go and do that. Even when the world says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. It's the Sabbath. It's not time to do that. And it's like, well, I'm paying attention to my Father. I'm doing what he's doing. Come on, the church for way too long has been acting a little bit insane. <laughs> this is like, like we're going to do the same things the same way we've always done it over and over again and hope at some moment it's going to look different. Shut up, Baba. God doesn't want us to look at the status quo of man. He doesn't even want us to look at the status quo of religion. He doesn't want us to look at the status quo of the church and how it's always been done if it's not producing the results that we're looking for. He's looking for us to gaze up to him and say, Father, what are you doing? What are you doing right now? What's on your heart, God, in this moment? Thank you, Jesus. Wow, we just had like an hour and 20 minutes of worship. It was only scheduled for an hour. But guess what? God was moving. So we're going to keep moving with God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Look, it's not my job to turn God off. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Come on, some, someday the church is really going to get it figured out that it's, it's not our, our job to try and do something for God and ask him to come and bless it. But our job is to find out what God is doing and jump on that because it's already blessed. If God is moving, we should jump on that train. We should move with him where he's moving and when he's moving. And it's, it's funny that we went so long because the next point is that we've gotten quite a few emails over the last year. Not excessive amount. We've gotten a few emails about people saying, hey, you know, worship goes kind of long. <laughs> More? All right, team, get back up here. No. <laughs> <laughs> we've, gotten, we've gotten a handful. Come on, Aaron. I love this man right here. He loves Jesus. We've gotten a handful of emails of people saying, man, worship goes really long. Like, maybe you could consider shortening worship. And listen, it actually, actually most of these uh, email, and we haven't got tons, we've gotten a handful, but they're actually out of a good place of people's hearts, trying to be, trying to be helpful, and what they're saying, what they're implying is that, hey, don't you realize you're out of the status quo a little bit? Like this, <laughs> thank you. I don't know you, well. you're my new best friend right there. I like this lady. Listen. That you, are, that you are outside of people's norms. You're outside of what people are familiar with. You're outside of what they're comfortable with. And if you shorten it down, you might be able to connect with people a little bit better. The only problem is they're trying to help us do man's status quo. Our job isn't to do man's status quo. Our job is to do heaven's status quo. And when we do what he's doing, like Jesus says, when we do what he's doing, he comes and his blessing rests on that. And in that place, people's bodies are touched and marriages are restored and tumors disappear and deaf ears open and blind eyes open and people just get out of their car in the parking lot get healed. Oh, come on, that stuff is all happening. We get testimonies every single week, the craziest stuff. <laughs> Whoa, I, we just got an email this week. A lady, a lady said her mother was diagnosed with cancer, and within three days, the cancer was gone. Goes back to the, 
back to the doctor and they can't find the cancer anymore. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so we don't want to go to an old set of norms that produces a result we don't want. That's a little insane. And people might look at us and go, you're, you guys are crazy. You're at worship for 20 minutes. I'm like, well, we're crazy, but you're insane. <laughs> Let's not do the same thing over and over again. Whoa. Let's let the grace of heaven invade this place. Thank you, Father. That Jesus, always looking, looking to heaven, that obviously he's our elder brother and he's our, our greatest example. That Jesus is our model for life and ministry. Amen. And in looking to the Father, that when Jesus walked the earth, everywhere he went, he was flipping the script. Everywhere he went, he was breaking the mold. Everywhere he went, he was breaking the status quo in everything he did. There's the one story of him turning the tables over physically, but everywhere he went, he was turning spiritual tables over. Thank you, Jesus. Here's just some of the stuff that Jesus would do that would turn tables over. He spoke to women. He even had women disciples. He healed and spoke to Gentiles. He ate with sinners, including tax collectors, prostitutes, and the socially unclean. He touched lepers. <clears throat> In a time when dragging a chair across a dirt floor could be considered plowing and therefore subject to persecution by the Sanhedrin, he freely encouraged his disciples to pluck wheat and heal the sick on the Sabbath. Come on. That's our Jesus. <laughs> and that Jesus, he literally, we know the story that he goes into the, the, the temple and he turns the money changers' tables over and chases them out with a whip. <laughs> that's, that's breaking the status quo right there. <laughs> And he said to them in Matthew 21, 13, he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. He just went and shook things up. He turned it over. But listen, the same Jesus that, that turned those tables over, made a whip and chased them out of the temple and called them a den of thieves, it's, this is the same Jesus that it says that he was moved with compassion because the multitude was with him for three days and they had no food. So Jesus says, what food do you have? And they say, a few loaves and a few fish. And Jesus, what's, again, what's he do? He looks up to the Father. He says, what are we doing? What's happening in heaven? Okay, we're multiplying fish and bread. Oh, when I... I can, look at the, I can look at the status quo of this world. I can look at the norms of this world. There's a whole bunch of hungry people. Three days is a long time. Or I can look to heaven. And he feeds the multitude from a few fish and a few loaves. This is the same Jesus that when they brought him a woman caught in the act of adultery, he bends down and writes in the sand. He says, he without sin, throw the first stone. Thank you, Jesus. You know, that, that breaking the status quo sometimes looks like radical boldness, and other times it looks like radical love. Look, flipping the script doesn't mean that you have to walk in to work on Monday and turn tables over. <laughs> it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> wow. 
because we're called, we're called to flip the script. We're called to change things up. We're called to break the status quo. We're called to invite heaven to be on earth, but we're also called to do it with wisdom. And we're called to do it with love. Listen, we're called to change things everywhere, everywhere we go. Sometimes those are big moments, and sometimes they're little moments. But we need to always be looking for the moments. Because you've been given a commission. This side isn't sure. <laughs> Listen, you've been given a commission from heaven. From your Father in heaven, you've been given a commission. It didn't come from us, it came from him. And he's commissioned you, he's empowered you to change the world everywhere you go. So we should always be looking for the moments to flip things over. To see heaven break in. Sometimes it's big, big moments. Sometimes it's, I'm supposed to give my lambskin Bible to this person on the way to rehab. How many people know that's flipping the script right there? Turning things upside down. You know, that when, you give, when you give God what you have, he'll breathe on it and he'll multiply it. it look, changing the world doesn't always have to start with the, the biggest target. Just start with what's in front of you. Start with the opportunity that presents itself at the supermarket, start with the opportunity that presents itself at school. Start with the opportunity that presents itself with the person in the cubicle next to you at work. Just look for an opportunity. Uh, there's a, one of my favorite stories. I have lots of them it's in the top thousand. No, really, it's, it's one of my favorite <clears throat> stories. But you know how every, every place you go has has an atmosphere, has a set of norms. You notice you go into a library and it definitely has a set of norms. Like you don't go in there like, you know, with your boombox bl blasting rap music in the library. Why? Because that's not the norm. And everybody's trying to protect the norm. Shukarababa. Hospitals have a norm. Restaurants have a norm. Sometimes flipping, breaking the status quo looks like turning over tables, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it just looks like moving in radical love. One of my favorite stories, this was years ago, back in, back in Reading. It was a Sunday night, after a Sunday night service, and a bunch of us went to Denny's after church. And uh, there was probably 12 of us at this table. They pushed some tables together right in the middle to make enough space for us. So there's 12 or so of us sitting around these tables. And we had, we had just ordered. The waitress came up and took our orders. We just ordered. And my friend, she says, oh, I, I think I got a word for this lady over here in the corner. So she just gets up from the table. And she walks over here to this booth in the corner. And I love this. She... she she just walks over and sits down and then introduces herself. But uh, she goes and sits down over there. Now, listen, that, that's not really unusual, right? This, the group of people that we're running with, like, just to get up and go give somebody a prophetic word in a restaurant, totally normal, doesn't raise a single eyebrow. We're like, oh, great. But about five minutes later, we look back, and she's prophesying over this lady at the table, and the lady's got tears running down her face. Like, God is touching her. And, and me and my other friend, we look at each other because, look, faith releases more faith and breakthrough releases more breakthrough. And that stirred something in us. And we looked at each other. We're like, we want to play too. <laughs> so we get up. I think it was three of us that got up. And we, like, we said, let's each pick a different table. So she's got that one and this one and this one and this one, and we just like, hey, can we share what God's saying? And we just start prophesying over people at Denny's. But God starts coming. And I mean, there's people crying at different tables. God's hitting people. People are starting to laugh. I remember this one guy is starting to slide under the table. He's like, what is happening to me? Right? And it started with the one, la one lady, one prophetic word, one booth in the corner. 
But now you got four tables, so this whole wall is just having a God moment. And me and my friend, we looked at each other again. We're like, do you see this? Like, something's happening. We're like, God's here right now. So we took it up another notch, and we turned to the whole Denny's restaurant. We're like, God's here. Who wants revival? Now, now listen, nobody in the restaurant knew what in the world we were talking about. But we're drawing people's attention. And so they're like, what is happening over there? And like they're seeing people cry, like good cry, right? Like God's touching them. And, and as this is going on, our food gets to the table. And it was, a, it was a night service. So, you know, we got in church, we'd go late. And so we got there, whatever, 10 o'clock at night. So, you know, it's 10.30, close to 11, whatever. Our food's now at the table. And we're prophesying over people over here and pancakes over here. And now we're like torn. So finally, we're like, let's go eat our pancakes while the war. So we go, we sit down, right, and we're eating. But these people who had been so touched, like, they weren't done. You know, like two people at the table had gotten a word, three maybe out of four, out of five. But the other ones were like, uh-uh. So they get up from their booths and they come over. And they're like, hey, what about my, this friend and what about her? And like, so we're eating pancakes and prophesying. At the same time. Now, this draws the attention of everybody in the restaurant. And so other people on the other side have no idea what's happening. They just see this commotion, this stir. People are crying, like something good's happening. So finally they're like, let's go see what's going on. So they would come over to our table. Listen, I kid you not, we ended up with a line down the center of Denny's restaurant, tw 20 people deep. 20 people deep, and it lasted for well over two hours. The whole, the whole ordeal was, was a three-hour ordeal from the, from the first prophetic word in the corner. People just come in and get in the line. It was so crazy that new people would come into the restaurant not having any idea what's going on, right? They would come and sit down way over here, but there's this line at this table, and they'd be like, what do you think's going on over there? Like, I don't know. Like, maybe there's some celebrities over there. Like, like well, I don't know. What do you think? Let's, let's go find out. So they would get up from their table, and they would come, and they would end up getting in line. Like, they wouldn't know why they were even getting in line. Two, three hours, this just goes on and on and on. Like, everybody in the restaurant, new people coming in, they just come and get in line. Listen, God is just hovering, because faith releases more faith. Breakthrough, more breakthrough. And now miracles are happening. People are getting healed. Stuff is happening. The waitresses are crying. Like, it's, we're having revival in a restaurant. How many people know that's not the status quo? Unless your eyes are up. And and so at one point, I mean, we've been going for two hours, and I'm like sitting at the table, person next to me, a friend on the other side, and the two of us are prophesying over the person. Like we created the hot seat in Denny's, right? And so we're just like prophesying. And you ever get that feeling someone's looming over you, like staring at you from behind? And I turn around, and there's this guy like leaning over me, like scouring. And I'm like, oh, are you waiting for your turn for a prophetic word? And he said, no, I don't believe in this stuff. I said, oh. I said, okay, no, no problem. But as I already explained, like, it's so open. Two hours of this. Like, the atmosphere of heaven was trumping the atmosphere of Danny's restaurant. It was... It was so wide open at this point that I said, oh, no, no problem. Hey, um, but what about that thing that happened to you when you were five? Still going into a little bit of detail. And my friend in the other chair, she goes, yeah, and you're in school. You're in college, aren't you? And you're studying this class and this class, and you have these books stacked up on your nightstand next to your bed, don't you? Poof, tears. <laughs> we're like, oh, it's okay. Just come sit here. Hot seat, prophesying over him. 
Next thing you know, he's like, I feel fire on my body. He jumps up from his chair. Listen, I'm not, I'm, I kid you not. He starts doing leapfrogs around the table. We're like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. <laughs> what we didn't know is that he had a skateboard accident that morning, and it, and it was so bad he ended up in the emergency room. That he, had, that he was in the emergency room, and his, uh, his hips, and, and he, uh, he fell off this ramp, and God healed him right there. He's doing leapfrogs around the table. Now, here's the crazy part of the story, because we haven't got to the crazy part yet, <laughs> is, that, is that he wasn't at Denny's when all this broke out. He attended uh, a, a local Bible college in town, and, and his two friends were there at Denny's. And this guy who got healed, he was a cessationist. Meaning that he didn't believe that any of this stuff is supposed to be happening. But his two friends who are there at Denny's, when this all breaks out, they go, we got to go get our friend. He needs to see this. So they, they leave Denny's. This is how long all this goes on. They leave Denny's. They drive back to the dorms at the Bible college. They wake their friend up. They're like, wake up, get dressed, you're coming with us. He's like, where are you taking me? They're like, don't ask questions. You'll find out when we get there. (laughs) They come, they bring him to Denny's, and they stick him in line. (laughs) So when I feel somebody looming over, I turn around. I'm like, are you waiting for a word? He's like, I don't believe in this stuff. Now God reads his mail, now he gets healed, now he's done leapfrogs around the table. And then him and his, his, and his two friends, they all say, we've known about God our whole life. But we've never known this Jesus who actually shows up. Now listen, I'm not making this up, this is what they said. They said, we don't feel like we actually know Jesus We want to know Jesus. Will you pray for us to know the real Jesus? And they get born again right there in Denny's restaurant. About five or six people give their life to Jesus in Denny's. Lots of miracles. Waitresses crying. A line that doesn't go down for over two hours. Like, listen, that's shifting an atmosphere. That's flipping the script, right? But guess what? It didn't start with us walking into Denny's and going, God's here! Who needs a miracle? We probably would have left in handcuffs. <laughs> Where did it start? It started with one lady saying, hey, I got a prophetic word for this other lady in the booth over here. She goes over there, doesn't raise a single eyebrow in the whole place, other than the four people sitting at that booth Four or five, nobody even knows. But then it goes from one booth to four booths. Then it goes from four booths to half the restaurant. Then it goes from half the restaurant to two hours of the entire place just like lining up to have an encounter with God. Then it goes to people from Bible college getting born again. (laughs) Not sure how that works, but... (laughs) listen you are called to flip the script you are called to break the status quo but it doesn't it doesn't have to always be the biggest grandest boldest target sometimes breaking the status quo looks like extreme boldness and sometimes it just looks like extreme acts of service. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes it looks like extreme acts of love. You know, we think that we're waiting on God. But the reality is God's waiting on us. I believe that God is saying to his church, it's your move. God's saying it's your move. What do I mean by that? I mean that God, that God created the world, 
that he created mankind, that mankind fell in sin, so he sends his only son to come to earth and live as a man, to live perfect, sinless life, and then die on a cross on our behalf, go down to, to hell and Hades, take the keys back, ascend to the Father in heaven, take of his Holy Spirit and put it inside of us, breathe on us, and say, as I was sent, so I send you. I think God has made his play. Listen, you know, when you're playing, you're sitting around playing a board game, you make your, you make your play, and then the next person's turn, what do you say? It's your move. This side isn't sure. <laughs> listen, listen, God, 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 God is saying it's your move. Wow. I've torn the heavens. When I died on the cross, the veil was torn from top to bottom. I've poured myself out. I've given you my Holy Spirit. I've given you my promises, my direction. I've given you my breath. Now it's your move. Go and turn over some tables. Go and shake up some things. Go and flip the script. Go and break the mold. Go and see heaven come to earth. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, you know that... <clears throat> Keys to, to breaking the status quo. Would you like some keys? The, all right, Dylan, here they come. <laughs> keys to break, breaking the status quo. You know, the first key is to recognize that there is one. That there is a status quo, and that that status quo is often different than his status quo. That the ways of this world don't yet line up with the ways of his world. And this is, this is the silliest example, but I tell you that the enemy, he wants you numb. Listen, we're always on the lookout for the big attacks, right? Uh, you know, the sick family member or whatever the big attack. We're all, but listen, if he can't get you that way, his next strategy is to get you numb. His strategy is to get you in the, in the status quo thinking this is normal. This is what there is. I'm just going to go about my day, go about my business, read my Bible in the morning, and hope that one day I get to heaven. But that's not the high call of God for your life, is it? This is the silliest example I haven't even got to the joke yet, but that's all right. Your spirit knows. <laughs> Listen, this is the silliest example, but this, this has happened multiple times at our house, and it, it just happened the other day. On the stovetop, you know, you have, the, you have the, the, the fan that blows over the stovetop. <laughs> Your freedom is starting to jump on me. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and this fan blows, and it makes this little humming noise. And it sucks up the steam and the smoke and whatever while you're cooking. And, and this happens all the time to me at the house. You'll be cooking something, and you'll click that on, and it'll be buzzing. And it's on for so long that you kind of forget it's on. But it's there in the background, and it's kind of an annoying sound. And what will happen is that we'll cook, we'll make food, we'll call the family in, and we'll sit down at the table, and we're trying to have a conversation as a family and get along and connect, and the fan is still on. It's like in the background, and I don't even realize that it's still on. Now, this just happened the last week. That, that fan was buzzing, and it was, an, it was annoying me, but it was subconscious. I didn't know it. But my anxiety was up a little bit. And the kids, you know, we have a six-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old. 
some chaos goes on at di- dinner time, right? You know, it's a miracle if something doesn't get spilled or a plate turned over upside down. Or we're like, that's not Jesus. Don't flip that table over. Anyway. But my anxiety was up a little bit, and I was just on edge, and I, like, I didn't know. So I'm putting the dishes away after the meal, and I realize the fan is still on. And I just simply click the fan off, and oh, peace. This thing that had been gnawing at me the whole time, I'd forgotten it was even there. And it was affecting me, and it was affecting my emotions, and my, and my contentment, and my peace level, and it was, affecting, it was gnawing at me, and I didn't even know it was there. What's the point? The first, the first key to breaking the status quo is recognizing that there is one. <clears throat> and the second key is to look up to the Father and be like, how is your realm different than this realm? Listen, when you, when you walk into work on Monday, I want you to be aware of the humming fan. I want you to be aware of the status quo. And I want you to ask yourself, how is this atmosphere different than his atmosphere? Oh, man, now that I'm paying attention, there's a lot of bickering that goes on in this atmosphere. Maybe I could come with an opposite spirit to that. Maybe I could break that thing. Maybe I can start to speak to people in an opposite spirit. I can begin to speak to them in a positive, uplifting, encouraging way that starts to break the fan noise off of them. And then the two of us, we can break it off of them. And then the six of us, we can break it off the whole place in a year. The whole place is different. And you're holding Bible studies, and the manager and the president are born again. What happened? You just took it upon yourself to start somewhere. Thank you, Jesus. The next, the next thing is that the breakthrough starts in the heavenlies. Obviously, we're talking about looking up to Jesus, but I mean, but I mean, once you realize that the status quo that Jesus wants to flip, go to the Father. Start in the heavenlies. Like, your breakthrough shouldn't start in the moment that you're confronted with a challenge. It should start in private before you step outside. And I, I, uh, I got a friend here, here, Jared. I don't know, were you and Chris Cruz in the same? You guys are all in the same class, right? Chris, above you one. But uh, Chris Cruz, he's on staff in, in, in Reading. But when he was in the school of ministry, I was on staff, but I, I heard him, he was up on stage sharing testimonies. And he always had these awesome testimonies. And this particular one, he was driving in his car, and he stopped at a red light, and he looked over next to him, at the car next to him, and the person had hearing aids. So he's like, hey, roll down your window. So the person rolled down their window. He's like, hey, I see God heal deaf ears. Pull over. I want to pray for you. So the person pulled over. They get out. He prays for him. The person's deaf ears open up. How many people know that's, that's flipping the script right there? It's not normal to look over at somebody. Oh, yeah, I think that's so funny. It's not normal to look over at somebody at a stoplight and be like, hey, you have hearing aids. Pull over. It's not normal yet. But, but somebody asked, asked him, because he would always coming up and sharing these Awesome testimonies. Someone's like, how does all this stuff happen to you? And he, listen, this was his answer. He goes, oh, that's easy. I pray all the time for God to give me divine appointments. He said, oh, it's easy. In my secret time, I asked the Father, this is what he said, I asked the Father to bring people across my path who are ready for an encounter with him. (laughs) So the fact that he's preparing himself in secret, he's now ready when he looks over and sees the hearing aids. Because how many times we've been like, we look over and we see the hearing aids, we're like, oh, oh boy, oh, I don't know, I'm I'm not ready for that. Woo! The breakthrough starts in the heavenlies. 
Thank you, Jesus. Start, start with the small, in the small places. Start with the small breakthroughs. Start with the small victories and celebrate those victories. Because as Renee took from me, which I took from Bill Johnson, what we give thanks for in the kingdom increases. Thank you, Father. That we can literally celebrate the, the one person with the prophetic word over in the corner. Like, oh, ooh, God's moving. We want to play too. And we can, we can celebrate the small victories until we end up turning the whole table over. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> the next is to stay faithful and stay the course. Listen, if when you, when you recognize this atmosphere at work doesn't match the atmosphere of heaven, listen, that's it's probably a given. Unless there's a whole bunch of spirit-filled believers who just spend two hours in prayer every morning, like, and if that's true, I want to work where you work. But <laughs> but the reality is there's probably some things that are not in perfect alignment with heaven. And we have the ability to come and shift those things and start at the small places, but then be faithful and stay the course and break that, break that bickering spirit by coming with opposite spirit off of one person and then invite them to join you and Break it off of three more and invite them to join you to break it off of six more. And then next thing you know, you got like all these people and they're like, how do you learn this stuff? And then you end up with a Bible study. And it's not like, it's not like all 150 employees. You got six who are doing a Bible study, but they're learning about God and they're learning how to shift atmospheres. Next thing you know, it's 20. Then it's 40. And a year later, the whole atmosphere of the place is different. Stay faithful. And stay the course. And the last one is, take the bold steps when it avails itself. Like, sometimes boldness looks like, ex <clears throat> sometimes breaking the status quo looks like extreme love, but sometimes it does look like extreme boldness. Sometimes it does look like, hey, roll your window down, pull your car over. <laughs> Sometimes it does look like we're recognizing that we got momentum going. There's now four tables at Denny's where people are crying because God's touching them. Whoa, we're in a God moment. Let's take advantage of this. Let's step in further. Let's see what will happen when we announce to the whole restaurant that God's here. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. The verse we've been... Feel like we've hit it <clears throat> several times recently. John 20, 21. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Meaning you have the ability to keep the status quo, or to break it. Well, thought that was a good word. <clears throat> Listen, as I was sent, so I send you, in like manner, in the same way. That means some days we're supposed to give our Bible away. Some days we're supposed to move and extreme acts of service. We're supposed to bring a meal to someone hurting. Some days we're supposed to prophesy over the person in the, at the table. And sometimes we're supposed to stand up in the restaurant and say, God's here right now. Who needs a miracle? But every day we're supposed to be looking for those opportunities to flip the script and to break the status quo every day. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, we think that God's waiting on us. We think, sorry, we think we're waiting on God. The reality is God's waiting on us. And he breathed on them 
and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So the good news is that you're not called to do this alone. You're not called to do it in your own power or your own ability. But you get to do it with your friend, Holy Spirit, who happens to live inside of you. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to pray. And we're going to invite Jesus to come with some extreme love and some extreme boldness. And we're going to ask Jesus to come and just to begin to empower his bride to break the status quo. Come on. Can we break insanity off of the church? And can we get radical in love? Can we get radical in service? And can we get radical in boldness? Which one am I supposed to do when? Look up to the Father. Look up to the Father and ask him what he's doing. Because if you do what he's doing, it's already blessed. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. If you want more grace to partner with Holy Spirit and to partner with Jesus, if you want to receive more grace for the commission that he's already given you, already given you, He's already extended the baton. He's already put his Holy Spirit in you. He's already breathed on you. He's already given you his promise. He's already given you his instruction. If you want to say yes to God and you want to look for the moments every day, whether it's the smallest moment or even those times when it's the time to take that big risk moment. But if you want Holy Spirit to breathe on you for increase with this I just want to invite you to stand to your feet tonight, and we're going to pray. I want you to put your hand on your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Huh. I, love, I love the moments where we call everyone up to the front and lay hands on everybody, and God moves powerfully. But listen, this has got to be between you and him. Because he already called you. He already breathed on you. He already gave you his promises and his instruction. And now he's saying to you, it's your move. But no one else can play your move for you. So I'm just going to pray, but I just ask you just to, just to receive. Just tell him that you, that you want more grace, more awareness. <laughs> Just to break the status quo. So, Father, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your presence. And I thank you for your love, God. I thank you for speaking to our hearts, God. I pray that even right now that you would begin to highlight the smallest things, God, the littlest places. Even right now, you're highlighting things at work, at school, maybe even in our own homes, God, that aren't perfectly lined up with the kingdom of heaven. And revelation comes. Oh, you know what? I could break that. I could move in the opposite spirit. I don't, that little humming thing that's been going on maybe for weeks, months, or even years. Wait a minute, I don't have to listen to that buzzing anymore. Oh, I forgot that was even there. I can shut that off. And I can invite heaven to come. So, Father, I just pray for increase over your bride, God. Yes, that we would be crazy in love but not insane. Thank you, Father. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.